It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. I want to talk to you this morning about signs of the times. Signs of the times. So uh, open your Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 2, or your Bible program, your smartphone, your dumb phone, whatever it is. Uh, just turn to Matthew, chapter 16, verse 2. Let me encourage you. I use an electronic Bible. I use my phone a lot of times, but I will never get rid of my Bibles. You know, something happens to the clouds. <laughs> not, not the ones that Jesus is coming back in, but th- those that are up there storing everything, I want to make sure I've got a written copy or two or three or four. I, I lay them around. I kind of hide them. I, I think I'm an addict. I'm a junkie. I've got to hidden here and there if I can get right to them real quick, you know, just in case. But, so uh, the Word of God is good, right? It's quick. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides our soul and our spirit. Divides us. It, it helps to separate it, that we, we can understand the difference between our spirit, man, and our mind, our will, and our emotions. And it touches our mind as we are renewing our mind through the Word. It uh, affects our will. It challenges our will to be in submission to God's will. And our emotions, we can find our comfort, our peace, our strength in the Lord. So the Word of God is good. Amen? Amen. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 2, Jesus said, when evening comes, and he was talking to some, some Pharisees, and this was a strong rebuke because they'd come up to him and they were saying, show us a sign, show us a sign of your coming. And he says, when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret uh, the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us today to be able to interpret the signs of the times. Father, help us to be able to understand the times. Lord, just as the men of Issachar, he said they were men who uh, understood the times, help us today in our day and age to understand the times that we're living in. Lord, to discern what's going on, to be alert to your presence, to be alert to what you are sending out to make evident that we might uh, receive instruction from you and, and, Lord, that we might understand it, we might prepare in our lives uh, to do what you're uh, conveying to us. So, Lord, speak to us today. Challenge us today. Shake us, Lord, and help us to uh, purpose to be alert and to, uh, to be those that understand the times now. In Jesus' name, amen. Signs. What is a sign? What does it do? What's it supposed to do? What's the, the purpose of a sign? Anybody? Give direction. Anything else? Warnings. That's good. Anybody else? Instruction. All right. Uh, instruction, warning, uh, direction. So it gives uh, information and instruction, right? Would you, would you agree with that? Signs are to give information and instruction. You know, signs are always pointing to something. Um, you know, highway signs, I don't know, Christians got something there. Yeah, so they're always pointing to something, truth or lies. Uh, you know, we've got various kinds of signs that we come in contact with. Caution signs. Um, what else you got? One way, there we go, there's one way to, to Jesus. And yield, that's a good one. What, you think we should yield our lives? Amen. Stop. I like when the Lord, stop. <laughs> and he'll, he'll tell you, don't, don't go any further. Or, you know, they're to protect us. And so, you know, as we look at and observe signs, they help us. In our natural life, you know, if everybody, uh, you should drive in Africa. They have traffic lights. They have stop signs, but nobody obeys them. They just, it's like, 
Why are they there? When we had a couple of our pastors visit from Africa uh, several years ago, uh, we'd been up here praying and different things. We were going home about 10 o'clock that night, and I cut through Rosharon Road and was up there by where the Lutheran Church is at that intersection, uh, the Chevron's across the street. So there's a light there, and there was no traffic, but the light was red, so I stopped, and I noticed the one in the front kind of turned, looked at the one in the back, and pretty soon one of them said, um, so you don't, you're not going to just go? And I go, no, the, the, light's, the light's red. They said, what difference does that make? Because <laughs> they don't stop, do they, Sam? They, they just go right through or honk. You know, you just use a, a horn over there. And there'll be people off the road like this is an interesting. They'll come around, everybody's just like up there and trying to get across. It has no bearing on whether or not there's a sign or if it's in operation or not. So people don't, don't obey those things. And it's chaos. So really, signs, if we pay attention to them, um, they can help us. And, and really, signs are there for our benefit, would you say? Uh, they're there to, to help and protect us. They're, they're meant to really to serve us and to help us in, in our life as we just try to navigate where we're going. Um, we might not be familiar with some of them. When we were in Seoul, Korea, you know, they had those heading down the highway, and here's these great big signs that usually tell you the streets and where you're going and all that stuff. And I want to tell you, that was crazy. I mean, that Korean language is, I mean... And then, I mean, it's just all over. It's like, how could, even if I could read Korean, how can you read that much stuff that fast and make a decision on where you're going to go? Crazy. Craziest signs I've ever seen. Brazil's pretty neat, though. They give you, say you're traveling along, and so if if the traffic light's going to turn, you know how usually it goes from green to yellow and then red real quick or something like that? Um, There's, on green, it starts flashing green. It's flashing green, green, green. So you know, oh, that green light's going to go yellow. And so it kind of gives you that extra warning. That's, you know what it means when it turns yellow. Speed up. <laughs> I learned that from my mother. <laughs> Go faster. <clears throat> you know, so we, can, we can choose to obey these signs or we can choose to ignore them, but whether we ignore them or obey them, they're still there. They mean the same thing. They're just as accessible as they were. If we were paying attention to them or not, they're still there. And, you know, it's really the same way as it is the, the signs of the times. T- signs of the time really function the same way. G- God has carefully placed signs throughout his word to help guide us, to give us information and give us instruction. And um, <clears throat> we're to understand them and prepare. Again, just if you're driving and you see the sign that says, uh, you know, a curve's coming up 15 miles an hour. You know, it's got one of those real shor- sharp Ah, I'm not paying attention to that. You just keep going 75, uh, you're going to have trouble, right? So we need to see them, and then we need to understand what they're conveying to us, and then prepare when we get to that point. If a sign is there, it's there uh, because the probability of you know, what it's conveying is going to be the next thing that you see. So you need to get ready. You need to prepare for it. Same way with the signs uh, of the times. God has placed them throughout his word. And we need to understand them, and we need to prepare for them. Whether we're familiar with them or not, we need to uh, seek them out. And then as he begins to convey it through his Holy Spirit, then we need to obey and we need to prepare for it. And um, again, you know, just because we don't, we're not familiar with it doesn't change its importance or its uh, effectiveness, even its accessibility to us. We have, we're, uh, uh, you know, we can, we can discover it here. Now, I see all those that here, I guess we missed the rapture. Because wasn't yesterday supposed to be the rapture? Yeah. 
That's why I said, well, I know that for sure it's not going to happen then. <laughs> I told Sandy last night, I said, well, for sure not going to be raptured today because they said it was going to be today. <laughs> uh, no, it was supposed to convey the uh, Revelation 12 woman and all the different things there. I think it's pretty neat that it did it, but I knew it wasn't going to happen because it's chronologically, if you begin to understand the book of Revelation and what happens and when it happens, you know that the Revelation 12 woman doesn't appear till chapter 12. <laughs> and so you still got to go through 1, 2, and 3, which we are going through, but chapter 4 is the rapture. Chapter 5 starts to talk about a great animal company. Chapter 6, it, it all outlines all the catastrophes that are going to happen. Then you got this, the, all the trumpets and the vials being opened as it goes through, and this happens kind of in the middle of some of that. So I thought, hey, I ain't in heaven yet, so that's not it yet. But I think it's cool. I believe it is a sign that God says just a little bit to say, hello, hello, are you ready? It's a flashing green. <laughs> you better get ready. You better get ready. These things can happen just around the corner. Um, so, you know, uh, one of the things that I think is so important about the signs that we're seeing today is that they are um, being fulfilled simultaneously. And, uh, you know, it isn't that, they're, that they are being fulfilled, but it's, it is, it, what's, what's interesting and important is that, um, uh, at, you know, they're all being fulfilled at the same time, you know, within our generation, within our lifetime. When I first enrolled in a prophecy course probably 45 years ago, um, you know, there was things, there were signs, biblical signs that we had to accept by faith. So, you know, some of the things that uh, just wasn't, like, I don't know how that could ever, ever happen, but we had to accept them by faith. And, um, but, it, you know, uh, sometimes we have to do that. But what's interesting today is we see them being fulfilled in our time. Jesus said in, in Matthew 24, verses 33 through 34, you can jot it down or turn there with me, but um, he says that when you see all, everybody say all. When you see, when you see all these things, when you see all these things, not one of these things, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, this generation will uh, by no means pass away till all these things take place. Now, the generation that he's talking about there, when he gave the parable of the fig tree, of, of the fig tree, and he says, you know, watch the fig tree, and when it begins to bear fruit, you know that summer is near, but he says, you know, watch it, and, and know, you know, what's happening there. The fig tree is a type of Israel, and when Israel became a state in 1948, things started to change. Bible prophecy signs started to be fulfilled, and that was the first one that really came about. In 1917, they made a treaty to begin to allow Israel to petition to be a state, and things, everybody started watching, everybody started watching, but it didn't happen. So it kind of, you know, it was like a little um, contraction in birth pains, you know, have a little slight contraction. Ooh, what was that? I never had any, but, you know, <laughs> I've been around, <laughs> you know, uh, several of them, <laughs> and oh, oh, you know, what was that? So it starts out small, little, little birth pain, little contraction. And uh, what is it that, that we're supposed to do, guys, when our wives start having contractions? <laughs> Freak out. Yeah. <laughs> boil water. I don't, that's what they used to always do. Boil water, boil water. I don't, but no, what, what do we do? Don't we start to time and see how far they are apart? Right? Why? Because frequency uh, and intensity does what? 
tells us how soon that delivery is going to be. Frequency and intensity really begins to let us know how quick that delivery is going to come. So people begin to watch in 1948, you know. When some of our founding fathers uh, that uh, through the fellowship that I'm ordained through, when they wrote some of these books back in the 30s, you know, they weren't seeing any of this stuff. And it's just amazing. And, uh, but Jesus said, when you see all these things, know that the end is near. Uh, near at the doors, assuredly, this generation will by no means pass away until all these things take place. And that word generation, maybe you've heard it taught that it, it, it means uh, ethnic group, great, uh, uh, this, this race of people. And so that he was speaking that now Israel's coming in, going to become a state. They're going to be recognized uh, as a, a people, and this group of people will not, they'll not pass away. They'll not be annihilated again. They won't be dispersed again like they had been all out for 2,000, well, you know, uh, almost 2,000 years. They're going to they're gonna remain there. So a lot of prophecy hinges upon watching Israel. And so we are to watch that. In fact, we're commanded to know the signs. Look at, at uh, Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. Matthew 16, 1 through 4, Jesus, <coughs> he rebuked the, the Pharisees there uh, for not knowing the times. He says, or the Pharisees came testing him, it says. Um, the Pharisees came testing him, asked, asked that he sh- would uh, show them a sign from heaven. And on down a little bit, he says, hypocrites, you hypocrites. You know how to discern, that's, then we get into the part we have for our text. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern signs and times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. He rebuked them. You don't even, you don't know the signs. You can predict the weather, but you don't know the signs. It's amazing today that we can predict certain planets and, um, oh boy, just slipped my mind. What is that? Uh, planet X. What do they call it? Nibiru, yeah. Uh, you know, they can see that and they can predict its orbit. They can predict these, for instance, even the solar eclipse that we saw. I mean, they knew exactly the time it was going to start across the wet from the West Coast and start all headed down to, you know, the exact second. We can predict all those things, but can't predict the end time, the, the, you know, the end or, you know, when that's actually going to be. Jesus said, no man knows the hour of the day. Not, even, no, the, not the angels in heaven nor the son of man. He says, um, but only the father. So we know that we don't know that exact hour or day, but we do know the seasons. And God wants us to know the seasons. He wants us to know the signs. Because what's going to happen is going to be God's wrath poured out. And God always warns when he's about to unleash his wrath. He's obligated to himself to warn us when, he's, when wrath is coming. And so we see these warnings all down through the Word of God, warning us that His wrath is going to be poured out. It's going to be poured out on Israel that was prophesied in Daniel 9, 27, where there's going to be 70 weeks of years. So 490 years, there's going to be 70 weeks of seven years each that for the judgment of Israel, and 69 of those have been fulfilled. There's one seven-year week left that needs to be fulfilled, and it's God's wrath. And so... In 1 Thessalonians, Paul says, God hasn't appointed us to suffer wrath. So he doesn't want us to go into this. He tells us and he warns us about these things. So we need to be alert, watching for the signs, right? Not sleeping. You know, the Tesla's coming out with a you know, drive yourself thing. You know, wouldn't that be great? I'm still probably have my hands like this. Like, you know, the steering wheel's here. I'm like right real close to it. 
you know, looking. Okay, is this thing for sure? I don't know. Mechanical stuff messes up, you know. But, you know, going to have a car that drives itself. Boy, isn't that really conducive of our times of where we're wanting something just to be so automatic so we can just lay back and, and relax and not have to bother with anything? That's what we want in our society right now. Don't bother me with anything. Just let me just lay back and, I'm, you know, I'm warm, I'm fed, and I have need of nothing. My car drives me. I'm at the mall. I just hit a little button. It comes and picks me up. I don't need anything. Drive me till I sweat. Then buy me some ice cream. No, just a y- y'all will get that in a minute. <laughs> Woo. Uh, that went over like a pregnant pole Walter. But anyway, so you know, we have all these things that we just want something to serve us and just to so we can be so you know relaxed and not have to do anything. That's what the layout of sea in church. That's who they are. That's how they end up. Is that. They don't need the Lord, and Jesus is at the church there knocking. Hey, can I come in and have fellowship with you? Oh, we're okay. We're, we're cool. We're okay. It's like, the, uh, and y'all heard this probably from me. It's just like the, when, during the storm, they're going around checking, you know, hey, you know, can I come in? Do I need, you need some help? No, we're just trusting the Lord. And water gets up first floor. High enough, a boat comes by. Hey, come on, you want us to help you? Nah, it's okay, I'm, I'm just trusting the Lord. We're cool, we're fine, we don't need anything. Water gets a little higher on second story, another boat comes by. Hey, come on, let us help you out. Oh, no, it's okay, I'm just trusting the Lord. I'm, I'm fine, we don't need anything. We're just, we just enjoying Jesus, okay. Water comes up, now up on the rooftop. You know, water's passing by. Here comes a helicopter. Hey, we're here to get, get in. We're here to rescue. No, I'm okay. I'm, I'm just trusting the Lord, you know. I don't need anything. I'm fine. Next thing, the guy wakes up in heaven. Water swept him away, drowned him. He says, Lord, I don't understand. I was just trusting you. And Jesus said, well, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What else you want? <laughs> you know, I mean, he's trying to get in. He's trying to help us. We're just, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. I mean, we just got to block out what the Lord's doing and where he is and, and, and how he's trying to help us. But if we understood the, the, the times that we're living in, maybe we would understand his approach to us, his knocking at our door to come in. We're singing that song today about uh, wake me. What was that? Awake me. You know, wake me up, Lord. Uh, the, the church at Ephesus, they were, you know, they were basically, uh, they had for, they'd lost their first love. They'd forsaken their first love, and people are just going to sleep. But uh, the Lord wants us to recognize signs. We don't know that the hour or the day, but we can know the seasons and know that his time is near. And I want to tell you something, people, from what I'm seeing and what I'm sensing right now, his time is near. He says, well, he can't come. People say, well, he can't come back until this, 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 this. Well, there's a difference in the end and the rapture. You know, there's the end and there's the beginning. The rapture is going to be the beginning uh, right before this seven-year tribulation starts. And God doesn't want us to suffer wrath. Those that are loving him and longing uh, his appearing and, and are alert to him and are ready when he speaks that, you know, hey, I'm here to help you. Okay. <laughs> That's like at our house when the first boat went by. <laughs> Get the tractor ready. We're out of here. <laughs> Cheryl has a picture somebody sent to her. Sandy and I on the Kubota tractor, you know, water up. We're pushing water going out. And um, she says, I think I know those people. <laughs> here we are. Got a picture of us. Getting out. I said, I'm out of here. You know, I don't need any more warning. I don't need any more you know, direction that says we need to go ahead and get out of here. I want to be that way when the Lord comes, when he shouts before this starts. In First Thessalonians 4.16, it says, For the Lord himself 
shall descend from heaven with a shout. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, come up here uh, with a shout. The voice of the, uh, the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those that have already gone before us and, and in the grave, they're going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We need to be comforted that the Lord is coming. He's coming back for a bride, but not everybody's going to be in the bride because they're not prepared. They don't love him. They don't, they're not watching for his coming. They're more concerned about themselves and their own comfort and their own things. Hello. That's what we see in the, the church of Sardis. And to them he came as a thief in the night. They didn't know. They, uh, they were left behind to go into this tribulation. So I think that the Lord is trying to speak to the world, speak to Israel for sure, speak to the world, speak to, and also to Christians to say, you better get ready. You better be living a holy life for me. You better be committed to me. So, you know, rethink your situation and get committed to me. I think that's what it's, he's trying to say to us. So um, we're commanded to know the times and you know, Jesus rebuked the, the Pharisees in that day because they didn't understand. They, they had, there was over 300 prophecies concerning, in, in the Old Testament, concerning the first coming of the Lord, when he was going to come the first time. And they were supposed to know all this stuff, but they missed it. There were over 300 prophecies concerning the, his first appearing. They missed it. What about his second? In the Old Testament, 500 prophecies 500 references to the lord's coming the second time as messiah 500 and in the new testament it's like about one in every 25 verses deals with the second coming of the lord i think he wants us to catch his emphasis on that that this is an important thing and that we need to then be watching for the signs um so they, they carry this sign, this information, not only to Israel, not only to the world, to try to get their attention and let them know, hey, look, I, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. Don't blame me. And also, though, to believers, to wake up. Yeah, we need to get on the boat. We need to get out of here. Amen. Um, so, again, the Bible's full of it, full, full of signs and full of, you know, uh, more than what people really see and more than enough to to help them, amen, to, to know what time that we're living in. So, you know, what's so interesting is not that we're seeing a sign, but that all these signs are being fulfilled at this time in our generation. That's pretty cool. Again, like I said, you know, when I was first looking at prophecy, we couldn't understand, like, okay, wait a minute now. Um, how's this going to work? Um, and we knew some things about satellite tv i mean it came into existence the first one it was 1962 when they first had a satellite that, that uh you know between england and maybe america uh telstar satellite and uh but that didn't get popular didn't get where everybody could tap into it for a while until what till cnn or something like that came about how many remember when you we could first really watch world news something going on in israel or you know some other country and then we were watching it at the same time Anybody throw out a year or somebody? When do you remember that happening? Maybe late seventies, early eighties, or something like that. So you know, you see, that's pretty recent. Um, those world events. Also, 
uh, technology. And there's no internet. I remember when they first got started that, I, they had sent me a little, it was a little keyboard with a screen thing on it to test this out. It was over my office. And so I thought, well, this is, I guess if you want to get news, about the only thing that was on, you could get up and you could tap into news organizations or newspapers and read all the articles and stuff. And so I'm filling out the survey, sending it back. I think it was with Southwestern Bell or something. They were trying this out, this new thing, internet, to see, you know, if it was going to be any good. Well, I mean, that's great. What do you do with it? Until... Google came along, and email came along, and some other things came along, and then, then, then it began to expand. Uh, um, how did we, you know, I wondered, how were the two witnesses, they're, they're killed, you know, uh, they're prophesying <laughs> and calling fire down from heaven and all kinds of stuff there in, in Jerusalem, and the Antichrist has them sl- killed, and they lay them in the streets, and the whole world watches their bodies for three and a half days, and after three and a half days, they're raised up. We'd read that and go, how's the whole world going to see them? How can the whole world see that? You know, we had to, but we had to accept it by faith. Now we know, zoom in on, you know, on satellite television, we got it, what's happening instantly, right there, we got it. Yeah, or, and YouTube, we can play it back as many times as we want. So there's some things that have happened. So, um, you know, these signs are interesting. Um, also, we hear talk about global currency, that that had to happen in prophecy. You know, that hadn't completely happened yet, but it's getting closer. So, you know, there's so many signs out there that really uh, some eschatologists are putting them in categories. And so let's try to do that today, kind of categorize some of them so we can kind of break them down a little bit. And, of course, there's, we've got to have seven categories, right? I mean, you know, I mean, we've got to have seven categories. First would be signs of nature. So if I said, you know, God's showing his signs of nature, what, what are some of the signs that you might Throw out there, say, oh, yeah, that, this happened, that happened. Earthquakes, tsunamis, hurricanes, floods. We know that in prophecy, we see over in the book of Revelation, when you look at chapter 6, which kind of outlines this, that we see these tremendous things happening in nature, and we wonder, how, how could that happen? A third of the world being killed, and, and various things, you know, people starving to death, and you know, here we are down here that they, for a while, they couldn't get enough supplies. So Kroger, they have people at Kroger's letting people in the door. Did you guys experience that? Go, go, to, go to the store. Nope, we got to wait. There's only so many. Remind me of when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> going to 7-Eleven or something like that. Nope, I only let so many in at a time. <laughs> it's like, but, you know, so many in. And so uh, because they couldn't get enough supplies and, and then people were do, having to do without. I, I checked for an hour and a half the other day to try to find five sheets of plywood. It treated plywood, you know, that for, and I, it says not, none, uh, none available f- up to 100 miles from your area. It's like, really? Wow. Things, there's shortages because there's so much demand for it and so much stuff happening. When you have global impact, you see it spreads out and it affects everything. N- signs of nature. Yeah, just earthquakes. Mexico, two earthquakes in two, within two weeks, and, and then there's another one. There's a six point something. Another one has happened. Another one this morning, okay. Uh, there's an interesting guy on YouTube. You might want to tune in. He, he's on there. He's live here once in a while. It's called um, Dutch something other, Dutch. But anyway, you can probably Google it or search YouTube for earthquakes. And he shows, he's got a live map, and he shows where they're happening all over. And this guy is sharp. You know, back in August, I started watching that because of the the total solar eclipse was coming. He was saying there's going to be... Uh, There'll be an earthquake off the, 
the west coast of Mexico. It's going to be pretty impactful. It's going to affect da-da-da-da. He says then that because of that, he says this always happens. He's got these little lines, and he's got the, a 3D thing, dimensional, so it shows the how many, you know, if it's a 4.5, a 5.9, a 6.8 point, whatever. And he shows the effects of this, and he says then it's going to happen on the northern coast of, of California. Well, that happened, what, yesterday, 5.9, yesterday or the day before, which will affect, he says, it'll, it'll affect into Oklahoma. And then they had, a, they had one about, and he was saying how th this affects. And then he was talking about the fracking. Everybody knows what fracking is, right? Fracking now is causing more. In fact, you know, Oklahoma's always having earthquakes and stuff, and Colorado's having these earthquakes. And, you know, I got to thinking, what it talks about, Earthquakes in the old language was diverse places, you know, or in many places that never even had earthquakes before. You get all this, got all this fracking going on, you know. When something hits over here, it ripples across. Well, if that used to be pretty solid, but it's not solid anymore, it's going to, it can affect that. And the earthquake here hits and, and all, it begins to affect all different areas and regions. That, we never experienced that back in the day. Can I say that back in the day? Earthquakes. What else did it say? There'd be signs in, uh, like, a nature type of signs. Pestilence. Pestilence. You know, what is a pestilence? <laughs> pestilence. Well, z uh, um, uh, grasshoppers. You know, we think of Moses and, you know, upon Egypt and stuff. But, you know, we didn't even know about AIDS until, what, 1982 or 83 when they came out. We didn't even know about it. And that became a, a, an epidemic type thing. Uh, Ebola virus. They're still having problems with that right now in the Congo, you know, the, and having outbreaks of stuff. The Zika virus. I remember w when I came to Texas, they didn't have no bug control p patrol people. They didn't, you know, they weren't really, maybe every once in a while, but I remember Lloyd Seaboat, when I was telling him about it, he said, oh yeah, you can take a quart coffee can and swing it and get a gallon of them <laughs> you know I mean they were so thick you'd have to <laughs> blow them away I, I'd have Sandy and the kids wait in the car until I went up with a towel and got them away from the door okay come on it's safe bring them in <laughs> bring the kids on in <laughs> you know shut the door so the mosquitoes don't get in how many of you guys have lived down here long you remember those days <laughs> they would fo you follow them or they'd follow you you <laughs> they, they, hey, I, I thought they were hummingbirds. I thought maybe, you know, the state bird for Texas was the hummingbird or something. I, they were horrible. But uh, the Zika virus and some of these things that are happening, the mad cow disease. Remember all these things that have come through? And just the bird flu, which is still uh, the avian uh, influenza. Uh, those things are still happening. But it shows us how easy and how quick something can happen just like that. A person gets infected in Africa, gets on an airplane, flies to New York. Then that what happened with that, uh, the Ebola? Then when they started shutting everything down a few years ago, it can happen just like that. Get on, again, on an airplane and start coughing, and it goes through that system, and everybody on the airplane gets infected, and they get off, and they all go different places, and here we go. And they're off. Uh, coming down the back stretch, it's Ebola. <laughs> going around the first turn, it's Zika virus. <laughs> you know, I mean, here we go, and it's pestilence, plagues. Wow. Famine. Let me read an article. This just last night. The United Nations, okay, they say, here, a quote, in a world filled with excess food, 20 million people are on the brink of famine, including 1.4 million children at imminent risk of death. In the face of such grim numbers, a stark question confronts the world's most powerful. Why, in 2017, 
can't they avert such a seemingly archaic and preventable catastrophe? Right now, 20 million people in a certain uh, designated area are starving because of famine. That's in one area. If these natural, not if, but when these natural calamities break out, famine always comes because you can't get, Walmart can't get their truck through. Now, we think about it in Africa where, the, you know, uh, I don't know, but it's going to happen. Not if, it's, it's when it's, it's going to happen. Also, there's signs in the heavens, uh, in the na- you know, these signs of nature, but they're in the heavens, and we've been seeing some of those. You know, what, when, when I say signs in the heavens, what do you think of? Okay, yeah, right, moon, stars, discoveries in space, various things like that. This last thing that they were referring to as the uh, Revelation 12 woman, how the star- stars lined up. I mean, it's, it's incredible how those things are happening. They do point. I think God just says, you know, just want to let you know I am in charge, you know. And what's going to really be cool is they say, oh, well, that only happens every so many thousand years. And God goes, and brings it about tomorrow again if he wanted to. So, there's, there is some meaning to this madness of, you know, look here, look there. Oh, no, here's another sign. Well, Jesus is coming today. And here's another sign. Well, Jesus is coming today. And, and you have to be careful because Jesus says, many will come in my name. And that could be literally because we've seen some people say, oh, I'm, I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> they usually have a sign and they're living on the street, but they, oh, I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> That one guy, that one kid said he thought his name was Jesus Christ because he said every time he saw his dad, well, Jesus Christ. You know, he would use it in a swear type thing. He's like, I thought my name was Jesus Christ. You know? And uh, no, that's not it. But there are people that come in his name, but also come representing him, saying he's the Messiah, and, I, and, and he's coming because I see such and such. And then everybody gets all excited about it, and they're looking, and it doesn't happen. And then, oh, but he's over here, and then uh, it doesn't happen. And after a few of those, people just kind of quit expecting it to happen. False prophets. False prophets, because he said, many will come in my name, and false prophets will come. So you've got to be careful. It's interesting, it's cool, but you better know and understand the times. I got a lot of calls, like, especially about this rapture thing, and, and which is fine. And call me up, that's what I'm here for. I said, it's okay, it's cool, watch it. You know, see how God does that. But this isn't Revelation 12. If it is, we're in a world of hurt. <laughs> Uh, or it's pretty cool because we just missed all this other bad stuff that's supposed to happen. So something's up someplace. There's a certain time to these things, too. God has told us about it. That's how we can understand the times. So that when somebody says, oh, it's going to be the rapture tomorrow. Really? <laughs> if it is, you'll see me down here doing my rapture exercises. <laughs> you know, throw my hands up so I don't make sure I'm not holding on to anything. If we're in the rapture together, don't stand close to me, I'm telling you, because I got two titanium hips, I got some wires, some screws, and they're all going to fly out. Well, you know, because they don't need that stuff in heaven. But watch out, the titanium hips are about that long, each one of them here, so watch out. Puerto Rico, horrible being hit. I mean, these things, signs in nature of how this can happen and how it can wipe out populations just like that. I was talking to my mother-in-law last night, and she was like, said something about, well, are y'all back to normal? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Darwin, y'all back to normal? <laughs> They'll never be a normal from what, what, what we thought was normal. We'll never be there again, right? And then it's talking about, you know, like, food. Well, why, why are the 
Why isn't Kroger's and Walmart open 24 hours anymore? Well, because they can't get enough supplies. And, and why? I don't know. You know, people can't understand. Finally, I said, Bonnie, there's 2.9 million people in the entire state of Kansas. There's about 3 million in the entire, entire state of Oklahoma. You put all them together, <laughs> and we had about that many people <laughs> hit from, you know, north of Houston down to Corpus Christi. I'm sure we had 6 million people because Houston and suburb areas has about 4 million. I said, so you get those two states together, you know, <laughs> y'all about how many it, it affected down here in, in South Texas because everything's bigger down in Texas. <laughs> you know, but people can't fathom that. So I said, okay, let's spread it out. Kansas and Oklahoma, you're not going to have any food for a few days. We're not going to run any trucks there because we can't get across the whatever, Red River or something like that, you know. Um, I mean, when you spread this thing out, it's pretty big. But this was nothing, nothing, a drop in the bucket to what could happen. You know, when the solar eclipse was coming, I had some slides. Maybe I need to put those together again of that fault that's in northern California, we always hear about the San Andreas Fault, but this one that hits there and the line of how it will shoot out. Um, in fact, I heard the guy last night, he says, I need to watch Yellowstone. You know, it was kind of swelling the magma between that super volcano that's under the, you know, that Yellowstone. It, it increased in there. You know, they have these little reading things that the elevation of the whole place there kind of rose up. It's just like just ready to, and they th if that thing bursts open, have you guys studied or read anything about Yellowstone, that super volcano that they found ash as they gone back and checked clear over to the east coast from when it erupted? It's whatever the last time that it did. I mean, this thing is huge. Just one little, God just pulls his hand back just like that. Okay. He just waves it back, and the angel goes out and sounds the trumpet. Here it comes. Darkness for how long? Some of us in here can remember the uh, volcano there in Washington, Mount Hel uh, St. Helens, and it was all that ash went up, and just they couldn't see. The sun couldn't get through and whatever, and the Bible talks about darkness for so many days, and when that, that happens, that affects climate. It affects everything, crops, and so people, this, what the Bible says is proven, and sometimes God just allows a little tiny bit, just as a little little tiny contraction, little birth pain, you know, it's coming, it's coming, just to kind of get our attention that, hey, this could happen, this could happen. Well, I've got a, all, all kinds of stuff down here for signs of nature, um, but, you know, the thing is, God has always spoke really in the signs of nature, um, even at the beginning of the New Testament, I mean, he had a light that came to shine, a star to shine for, for the birth of Jesus. And uh, before his coming in Revelation, it says there will be the worst earthquake ever in, ever in history. Mountains will collapse and islands will vanish and it's just going to level everything. That's predicted. That's, that's coming. So that's, that's horrible. Then there's signs, uh, there's a group of signs, there's a category of signs, uh, signs of, uh, in society that we see things going on. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So he, he lets us in on, you know, the social climate of what's happening. Um, you know, basically he's saying that society's going to become increasingly more um, 
wicked or lawless or in the King James it says on that, that passage of scripture there in Matthew 24 iniquity it says uh, where it says because of the increase of iniquity or lawlessness or the NIV says wickedness it, the translation of the the word there uh, it means without law or um, it, let me read the, the definition illegality wickedness it's referred to as wickedness. Wickedness seems different than lawless, without law, right? But the type of law that it's talking about that is, that is breaking is not man's laws that help make things convenient, but it's God's laws, his principle, the principles of God. And that's why it's referred to as wickedness, or you find it in the word iniquity means uh, self-centeredness, or, you know, um, you know, I don't have to worry about those laws. I make my own rules. Iniquity is rebellious, and the Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, wicked, evil. And so the word that Jesus uses here is because of the increase of wickedness, of evilness, or man disobeying God's laws, his, the principles of his word, he says then, the love of most are going to grow cold. I don't care what God says. I love myself more than I love God. That's, I'm not saying that. Personally, that's what people will say. And maybe they don't, won't blatantly say that, but that's what they'll think. So it causes this coldness, this spiritual coldness to come uh, about. And so he says that. So that's going to be, we see that happening in society. Well, do we see that prevalent today or, or coming about today? Remember birth pains. When he says that these are like birth pains. So they start out small and they start to get more frequent, more intense. So we can, we can know when we're getting close. How many think we're getting close? A lot more frequent. 1948, Israel became a state. 1962, we got a, a satellite. <laughs> okay, that's a long time. Yeah. 1981 or 82, you know, AIDS. I mean, so we're, but now, what's all happened this year? Boom, boom, boom. I mean, you know, it's happening, happening. Just, it's just really frequent. Um, violence. So where does our mind turn to immediately when we think about violence? Riots. Where? South Carolina? Tearing down statues and stuff like that? Not saying that right or wrong, whatever. I mean, you know, as far as the ide ideology of that. But I'm just saying, look at look what just happened in August. You know, I mean, they said that the climate was worse, hadn't been that bad uh, since the civil riots in the 60s, that we were close to a, closer to a civil war, a civil war at that point. Boy, I tell you what, if we're here, people might look back saying, thank God for that storm that came through. Thank God for the flood. It took all the attention off all that stuff that was going on and people began to pour out and help each other. I saw those things about the tale of two cities, about how Houston people were breaking out and helping each other, not asking, you know, whether you're white, brown, black, you know, green, purple, or whatever. Uh, you know, didn't, if you're a Republican, a Democrat, or a, a nobody cares, or a whatever, you know, and didn't matter who you are, or what you were, or whatever, people just helped. When that boat wrote, came shooting by my house, they didn't ask, are you a Republican or Democrat? Are you a Muslim or a Christian? Are you male or female? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I didn't ask any of those questions. Do you need help? Y'all need out? 
Go on, check them. Yeah, we need out. <laughs> well, let's go get the tractor. Um, greed. Selfishness. Hedonism. We know what that is? H-E-D-O-N-I-S-M. The love for party and celebration and self-indulgence. Self-indulgence. Rebellion. Despair. See, all these things, what happens is, out of all those things, the end result is despair. Why? Because you try all these things and you don't get any satisfaction out of them. And it just leaves you wanting more. Here's how the Apostle Paul put it in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. You've heard this before. Mark this, he says. There will be, future tense, terrible times in the last days. Here's a sign. Here's your sign. <laughs> now, he says, in the last days, you'll be able to detect whether or not you're getting close by these things. And he says, uh, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient, uh, disobedient to, to their parents, ungrateful, ungrateful. Victim mentality, I deserve this. Ungrateful, unholy, unholy, without love, unforgiving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure. That's not just drug addicts. Pleasure. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with them. I think that's, we can see that all around. Signs in society. Basically what Paul's saying here, uh, write this down, you might need to preach a little message sometime. Basically, they had, they had three loves there. They had love of self, humanism, love of money, materialism, love of pleasure, hedonism. <laughs> you know, that's where people's love is right now. Uh, lovers of pleasure, sensual and self-indulgence. You know, if it feels good, do it. And we saw those things come through, start in the 60s and kind of come around, you know, started seeing that come in and infiltrate our society, we begin to see the signs in society b about that particular time. But men's minds and, and women, <laughs> and mankind, the, our minds become depra depraved, and and so we're just like God said there in Romans chapter one verse twenty-eight. You know, not even thinking about anything about God, but just ourselves, and it just pulls us down to this mess. Signs in society, see them all around. What about spiritual signs? Have we seen anything? Because uh, there's in in spiritual signs that that show up. There's positive and negative aspects of that spiritual signs would be uh, as jesus brought about false christs and and false prophets i mentioned that a while ago and people say you know oh look, you know are, are saying here's what's happening and we've got to be very careful you know there's this uh nar not the nra but the nar the the new ap ap apostolic um restoration uh sounds real good uh, but be got to be very careful it has some big-time preachers in it, but you better be very careful about what's happening. It's uh, starting its own type of a 
almost like where you had Catholicism, Protestantism, and various things like that, its own thing here. And so uh, a lot of it sounds really, really good, but that's the way it usually is. And it sounds like, hey, that's stuff we believe. Some of it is, but, you know, going laying on a grave and sucking out the spirit of somebody else that's down in that grave, that ain't, I don't see that in the Bible. Oh, well, wait a minute. You know, they took aprons uh, from the, the body of the Apostle Paul, and yeah, and well, they threw that dead person in on the, the bones of Elisha, and yeah, those were special times, but have y'all heard of that? But that is, I think there's probably a better name than grave sucking, <laughs> but laying on that and trying to get that person's spirit to come into you, have, y'all haven't heard about that? I need to, we need to have a evening service. I need to bring y'all up to date on some of this stuff. You got to be careful, you know, see what's behind some of these, in some of these teachers that are, you know, but see, we draw to them and it's so easy now with the internet and YouTube and all that, we have itching ears to, to pull all this in and oh, I got to hear this, I got to, that's a good, a desire to have that, but be careful. This is your pastor speaking. <laughs> we'll be back right after this message. This is your pastor, be careful about some of this stuff because these are spiritual signs saying that this is what's going to happen in the last days we'll bring to ourselves, you know teachers and we'll ha- having itching ears and we'll want to have all this what paul said in ephesians and how can we bring to ourselves we can sit right in our own home and bring to ourselves that teacher of that particular thing be careful be careful that's why the apostle paul says you know um forsake not the assembling of yourselves together uh, you know, and so much the more when you see these days approaching, we need to be together, fellowshipping together and being taught and being directed under a pastor. So I'll give a little, while I'm on this little commercial promo thing, I'll give a little promo for the pastor. Listen to your pastor, okay? And if he doesn't know, slap him down. <laughs> Go get somebody that, that uh, can, can come and restore him. Amen. Say amen. There's widespread heresy in the church. There's uh, movements toward a... All these things happen because it's a movement toward a one-world religion that's mentioned there in Revelation chapter 17. It has to come down to a one-world religion. There'll be persecution of true believers. We have some now, but it's nothing. Um, And outbreak of demonic uh, occult, occultic activity. Those are all the negative things. Some of the positive signs that uh, that we see in the spiritual realm are uh, spiritual signs are the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Joel said, you know, your sons and your daughters are prophets. You know, all these different things. It's, it's going to be poured out. And so we, we've seen that and we're seeing that. Also, revival of Davidic worship. The worship that we've been seeing since really in 1980 as it began to be brought back into the church and how that it's just spontaneous worship unto the Lord and just worshiping Him. You know, we see that that's, that's that's a, a sign of, the, of these the end times, and also an emphasis toward one uh, one world or worldwide evangelism, and having a heart to to bring in and to reach uh, the unreachable. Also, an understanding of Bible prophecy. That's it was that's a, a sign that was given and said, you know, in these last days, these things will be opened up that we'll begin to see them. You know, in fact, God told David to seal these things up there in Daniel chapter 9 until the end times. And then, so as they're pulled back, God begins to give an understanding. Like Psalm 83. Nobody ever heard of Psalm 83 being, you know, a, a, a prophetic emphasis and a sign to what was going to happen to Israel and man it talks about Israel sitting there and all these Arab nations around or these Muslim nations around rising up and coming together in a uh, in a confederation to come against Israel to completely wipe them off the map just take a look at Israel and look all around it and the, you know in fact talk about wars and rumors of wars yesterday 20 hours ago 22 hours ago probably now 21 and a half um, Israel bombed Hezbollah and uh, let's see, are they, uh, 
It's something to Hezbollah. And then, they, see, I think yesterday they bombed the airport in Syria. And so, I mean, they're active. Things are happening. Of course, you know, we've got enough to be concerned about here. But I'm just saying that, man, as that goes out, Russia raises up. China raises up. And the United States raises up. And there's wars and rumors of wars. The UN, the UN held their thing this year. And their theme was peace and safety. Jesus, when they shall say peace and safety, be concerned because of it. I mean, it's like, how many things do we have to have here to begin to see? Wait a minute. Oh, what's the frequency of that contraction? Wow, that's getting closer. You know, what's the intensity? Pretty intense. It's just all around. I mean, it used to be we had to, had to search for signs and look. And it's like that one old guy said, um, you used to have to scratch and around looking for a sign like a chicken scratching, you know, around out in the yard. He says, now, I said, I don't have to look. I just listen. He says, I'm just listening for the trumpet because I know that's going to be the next thing that I hear is that trumpet's going to sound. God said, that's just a dress rehearsal. Just see if you're listening. See if you're paying attention. He wants us to get ready. I never studied any Jewish feasts and stuff. We don't have to to be saved. But it's pretty cool, I think, as we begin to look at that and see our heritage there as Christians. Also, it helps us to begin to understand some of these signs. How many of you ever were taught any Jewish customs and you're not Jewish? If you're Jewish, you know, duh. <laughs> okay? But it's like, I mean, even in college, uh, Hebrew, I ain't taking Hebrew. I got, I got books for that. <laughs> Greek and Hebrew, why waste my time on that? Did you know that that's another sign is that that language, the Hebrew language w- would be restored back? The Jews almost completely lost their language when they were dispersed throughout all the world. The generations that would come up, they were speaking that language. So there's just so much that's happening. It's just, like I said, it's just, there's so much. It's just like, you can't, I can't keep track of it. We used to, you know, go to certain, you know, ministers' conferences and one, one or two guys specifically, they, you know, prophecy was their thing. And all I had to be concerned was like, one sign has happened in the last 12 years and they got it down they got it down good you know just asking them about it the rest of it is like these things are going to happen these signs are going to come but how do you understand them well we had to receive them by faith so that's where for instance like uh the next thing would be the um uh, signs in technology what do we see there what is there anything that's happened in technology that would help fulfill some prophecy in the bible we used to read scriptures like um Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 14. Listen to this. The, the great day of the Lord is near. Okay, this is like the end time when Jesus comes and everything's destruction is coming. The great day of the Lord is near and coming quickly. Listen, the cry on that day of the Lord will be bitter. The shouting of the warriors there. The day will be a day of wrath. A day of distress and anguish. Trouble and ruin. Darkness and gloom. Clouds and blackness. And as it continues to describe this, it's like, whoa, whoa. And then, you know, as soon as you see a nuclear explosion go off and see the effects of it and see what all the after effects of it, it's like, oh, well, that's what that is. But when we didn't know about nuclear explosions and stuff, all those guys before that, they were having like, I, okay, I don't know how this is going to happen. That's going to be a wild thing, but, you know, I guess it's going to happen. That's what God says. Th- then again, another scripture, Zechariah um, Chapter 14, verse 12, listen to this one, the New King James. And this shall be the plague with which the Lord will strike all the people who fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. It's gone, flesh is gone. Their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets, 
and their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. Nobody knew about a neutron bomb. A neutron bomb actually does that. The way I won't go into all the physics of it because I don't know them. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, it, there's neutrons and morons. No, <laughs> protons and neutrons, right? <laughs> In my physics class, I, I was the moron. <laughs> but, and, and so those neutrons go out. And they're concentrated. And when it goes out, it dissolves flesh and stuff like that. But it'll leave that pulpit. I could be standing right here and go, and I'd just be like, bones. And this is, just be here. And so this, this, was, this neutron bomb was developed uh, so that it could affect warrior, the, you know, the, the enemy, and not affect the good guys. You know, uh, this nuclear bomb, that fallout's going to go everywhere, plus all the structures around, you know, the mosques, the libraries, the houses, they'll all stand because it's just the, that enemy army just dissolved. Wow. We've had that around for a while. And, I mean, but just trying to understand Scripture like that, we're like, what? Okay, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. It's going to be really wild. But now then, it's a possibility. Um, again, I mentioned television and satellite, uh, you know, being able to, to see. You know, the, the Antichrist will receive, he'll, he'll be assassinated, shot in the head, assassinated. He'll be laying in the streets and they'll be mourning his death, you know, because he's, he's, you know, the ding-dong witch is dead. And so they have him out there in, in the street and all the world, you know, sees him. And we say, how can all the world see him? I remember my mom talking about, I don't know how that's going to happen, but somehow or another God says that the whole world is going to see him. I remember talking about that when I was little. I thought, wow, that's pretty wild. And then he raises up. He's, he's brought back to life and everybody sees him brought back to life. Wow. Just like Jesus, right? Almost, Yeah. Satan brings him back to life, and everybody, oh, he must be God. And then they all follow after the Antichrist. But it's because of this technology that's been developed that the whole world is able to see him. And, and it's all through satellite television. Um, listen to the, this is a, a pretty neat thing, I think. It's t- talking about um, in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, Daniel says, or God says to Daniel, but but you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. And so he, he kind of confirmed, seal this up until the end time when many people are going to go here and there to increase their knowledge. Well, let's see, let me Google that and see what that is. I'm going to go, I can go to here, I can go to there. I can go here and I can go there and to increase my knowledge. I can go to to this uh, site, I can go over here, I can get Wikipedia, I can go, man, I can go all over and I can increase my knowledge just by Google, right? Yes, somebody said, something, you, did you know it? No, I don't know that, but I can Google it. <laughs> YouTube, I can go here and I can go there and I can increase knowledge. Well, that never happened until the, inter- the technology increased for the internet. Um, what about, and the false prophet will build an image which is like unto the beast, and all, and he'll make it come alive, this image. That looks like the beast comes alive, and, and all people worship this image. Well, you know, okay. It, it's not can be just television because that's I mean, yeah, that's an image. But you know, everybody says, oh, that's just drawn. But boy, the robots that we have today are pretty amazing. You know, and computer technology could be who knows. But robotic technology now is building cars and painting and welding and all this kind of stuff. And who knows? I mean, there's going to be something that will be like unto the image. That they see and is like, oh, just like him, except maybe bigger or whatever, I don't know. Um, but that could be. The mark of the beast, we always try to figure out how's that going to happen. And then, you know, 
without laser technology and without biotechnology, you would never have, for instance, my dog, my little dog has a little chip in her neck, so that if she goes someplace and they wonder who she is, they can scan her neck and, okay, she lives over here, you do this and what, tell everything about them. There's uh, some military troops are that way. There's, so you've heard that. That's probably been over-talked as far as the mark of the beast, being able to, to take that in, their, in your, your right hand or in your forehead. Uh, the interesting thing about this one battery, now it's, it slipped my mind of which kind it is, but it will have some, oh, well, what's that they're putting in those, um, it's not a skateboard, but those things that, yeah, hoverboards, how they're blowing up, and then you've seen your phones, some people's phones are blowing up because of the certain battery, how it does, well, they're probably going to have one of those in that one chip because it talks about boils, people have boils, you know, break out after taking the mark of the beast, so, you know, uh-oh, better change that battery. <laughs> You're looking a little uh, boiled there, my <laughs> buddy. <laughs> better go in and get you a new battery in that thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. You, know. you see what I'm saying? But we never knew about that stuff be- until it starts to happen in front of us. And all this kind of stuff, the technology that never was available, and we'd always wonder what was going to happen. We've got to pull this down to a close, but I just, um, uh, in, in Nahum, you know, everybody goes to Nahum, right? You, that book everybody's reading. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 4, it says, The chariots rage in the streets. They jostle one another on the broad roads. They seem like torches. They run like lightning. You know, and so, yeah, broad roads, that could be the, the traffic of today's society. I'm sure if Nahum was getting a vision of today, they're like, Whoa, what is going on? That's why. What about those bullet trains in, in Europe travel, you know, 300 miles an hour and go, <laughs> That's kind of like lightning and high-speed transportation. It was never available back then, but it's available now. And so those are little things that just kind of confirm that God just drops in every once in a while. Just, just oh, oh, there's another contraction. Getting close. We might ought to pack a bag. You know, we might ought to pack a bag. They're getting a little closer. And we better get to the hospital there. They're getting really close. And you better get me there. <laughs> These things are intense, and they're hardly breaking up. They're lasting longer than what they're they're you know not there however you say that you know boy that seems like the the way that the signs of the times are right now seems like that there's more signs of the time they're lasting longer than the pause in between wouldn't you hardly have time to, to as we're working through this flood then here comes irma and hits all of florida it just goes on up now they're taking adjusters and i couldn't even see our insurance adjuster because they're going to florida and and every you know and you can't get any material here and it's going to florida or vice versa and everybody's having trouble and and wow puerto rico and then another earthquake and then oh can you wait a minute <laughs> push <laughs> breathe <laughs> you know come on do something is going to get through this thing you know it's like hello birth pains birth pains <laughs> they're intense let me give you the last categories we won't go through them but uh we've got uh world political signs everything has to line up in a political manner and and jostle around you know all these there'll be a confederation of the uh, islamic brethren which is already and and then uh, european alignment with the european nations and which will build a platform that the antichrist will come through uh, the ten horn beast there and as I said a while ago, wars and rumors of war. Hello, Trump's telling hey, Mr. Rocket Man over here, and Rocket Man saying, "Well, I'm gonna for sure bomb you now." And uh, Trump's not gonna back down. <laughs> so I mean, you know, uh, this might not just be rumors of wars. We might be seeing it happen. It might already happen. And, pff, we're sending them off. Here goes the rockets. And I mean, it's, and then Israel—they're bombing stuff right now all around them. They're saying, "Don't mess with us." You know, and so there's getting, it's getting serious. It's not anymore like, you know, this or that. It's getting real serious right now. 
there's, I didn't know how to put this one. I put it in this category of signs of acceleration. I don't know. Let me just read them off real fast, and you see how, how would you categorize them. Population explosion, Revelation 9. Uh, increase in knowledge. Increase in violence. Increase in transportation. Rapid disintegration of society. Signs in general to be like birth pains that are increasing in frequency and intensity. I mean, these things are just accelerating. and Everything's just coming more intense. And then, of course, then there's the signs of Israel regathering her people, reestablishing the state, uh, reclaiming their land, all these things that was prophesied for years. They're coming to pass, people. And I want to close with this scripture. And I know that... We've heard this a lot the last few weeks. Luke chapter 21, but verse 34. Be careful. Be careful. Or your hearts will be weighted down with dissipation. That means just doing whatever that I need to do and just kind of out here doing my own thing. Dissipation, drunkenness, and anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the earth it's going to come upon all of those who live on the face of the earth this is coming Jesus said be careful it's coming upon all of those who live on the face of the earth aliens are out of it they don't they don't count but all of us that live here on the face of the earth he said it's coming and he says um Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. Not some of it, but all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. So he says, this is going to happen, but you need to pray that you'll be able to escape all of it and stand before the Son of Man when it's all happening. Can you think of a safer place to be when literally all hell breaks loose? I want to stand, be standing with Jesus going, ooh. The Bible talks about silence in heaven for half an hour when it's breaking loose. Can't say anything thinking about loved ones or what, what's going on. Be very careful. Last week, we had a special guest and Sunday night was pathetic. Some of you got my Facebook. I got more calls and love and hugs and are you okay, Pastor? I'm okay. I'm all right. I told Sandy, I said, you know, I really feel I need to write something. You know me. I'm not prophetic motivated. I'm an exhorter. I'm going to encourage you first, you know. But, I, man, before the Lord, I felt an urgency. I felt... I don't know how I felt, but I, I felt like, oh, my goodness. And here's in prayer, because I was praying about, Lord, did I miss it? You know, I, this, is, this is me. I must have missed it. Maybe we weren't supposed to have Brother David here because, I mean, just look. I mean, because look at the, the evidence, you know. Nobody showed up. I mean, our church, we had 29 people here, and I think it was some of our, our leaders, I mean, including them. But we invited. So, I would have loved to have all of you here just as a representation since we were the hosting church. But, nevertheless, not just you. you know, it's always nice whenever you can look and say, well, they're worse. <laughs> we invited all the churches that we've been having prayer with on Tuesday nights. 
we'll have we'll have 100 to 150 there's probably been i mean there's times on a tuesday night prayer service community prayer service we have more people than what's in here right now so we invited all the churches and one pastor from another church and an associate pastor from one church showed up and their churches didn't you know really didn't participate so it wasn't just wasn't just us <laughs> it's everywhere and so i'm like lord what what's going on and uh you know it's just like i got this impression you know like for weeks we said you know brother david's coming brother david's coming hey he's coming and he's hey he's coming in two weeks brother david's coming you know in one week brother david's coming david's coming you know and then sunday morning hey he's gonna be here tonight and and what and and the lord said that's just exactly what's going to happen when i come my messengers have been saying he's coming he's coming hey he's getting close hey it's almost time he's coming oh hey it's going to be real soon oh well yeah okay wow hmm Are you ready? Are you ready? Jesus said, Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Lord, the, the Son of Man, may be able to stand before Him. I'm not scolding you today. I'm not mad at you. I just think, my goodness, people, we gotta, we need a checkup. We need to shake ourselves. Or I mean, we just got to be careful. We have to be very careful. Just as he said, be careful, or your hearts will be weighted down. And he begins to say, of what? Be careful. Let's pray. Lord, you can't lay it out any clearer. And we see these things happening. I mean, if we miss one, yeah, we're going to miss some. That's why I think that you're sending so many signs. And even when we don't understand them, it doesn't change their importance. And it might be something that's more directed towards Israel than. But, Lord, we can't deny that you are giving signs of the times. We can't deny that we're seeing prophecies being fulfilled that were spoken 700 years before you even got here 2700 years ago things are happening that were prophesied they're being opened up and we're seeing those prophecies that have never been seen before we're experiencing prophecies and they're it's like they're all happening the the intensity and the frequency of them is what's in her interesting because you said when all these things begin to happen then the time is near stand up straight for your redemption draws near lord help us to have that urgency about us lord that we would seek you and to know you and to love you and father i, I know that you're preparing a bride for your son and it, it's a group of people that are setting themselves apart from the the other members of the family <laughs> so to speak 
when Abraham's servant went to get a bride for Isaac, he didn't marry the whole family. From amongst that family, he pulled a bride. One that was ready, one that was willing to serve, one that was there <laughs> to do whatever was necessary at the time. Water those stinking camels, do whatever was necessary. Rebecca was a type of the bride. Lord, help us to desire that place where we can escape all these things. Lord, I, I don't want any of people in this church or those that are hearing this through a podcast or however they're hearing it, I don't want anybody to go any part, any minute of the tribulation. We know that no, no born-again believer will go into the last three and a half years, which is the time of Jacob's trouble, the time of your wrath being poured out, but the first three and a half years, it's not going to be very pleasant either, Father. And I thank you that you've given us a way that we can escape all these things. You said to the Philadelphia church, To the Sardis church, you said, I'm going to come as a, when you expect not as a thief. And to <laughs> the Laodicean church, you were on the outside trying to get in. But to Philadelphia church, you said, well done. You said, you, because you've kept the words of my patience, because you've kept my words to, to hang in there and to keep watching, uh, and you've been faithful to my name, I will keep you from that hour of trial that's coming up on the whole world. How much clearer could it get? Lord, help us desire to be part of that Philadelphia attitude, that, that spiritual mentality that we desire to be the bride of Christ, giving ourselves fully to you. Lord, we can't afford not to. And then we have uh, generations that are they're looking on. Uh, our children and grandchildren are watching us. We, we're an example of uh, how to live a life for Christ. Lord, we need to open up our hearts to you. You said that if resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So we have to do that individually. In this auditorium today, nobody looking around. Are you ready? Do you feel as close to God as you need to be? That if this were the rapture if that trumpet sounded do you have that confident assurance that you'd be out of here as the bride hmm. let me ask you this do you know him as savior because you got to know him as savior before you know him as bridegroom do you know him as your your savior are you sure today that you're a child of god if you have question marks and you're not sure just raise your hand right now, any, any place in this room. If you're not sure that you're a child of God, you're not sure that you're going to live together with him for all eternity. Anybody here? If you are a child of God, and he says, confess me among men. If you confess me among men, I'll confess you before. My father, can you make a public uh, declaration of your faith by raising your hand saying, I'm a child of God, Pastor. I know that I am. I know that I'm, I'm a believer, and I, I'm, uh, I know that I'm going to heaven. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Let me challenge you right now to seek his face. Be part of the bride. You need to hear what he's saying. Uh, pray for your pastor that I can deliver the word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit in a way that it refreshes you and that's not laboring to you, you know, that you can understand it because we need to hear the word of God. And so much the more 
as we see this day approaching. Why do we need to each one reach one? Is it just for church growth? No, you know what the heart of this pastor is? Because I believe that the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is so close that if we don't reach him now, we're not going to have an opportunity to. If we don't reach him now, we will not have an opportunity to do that. I don't want to be standing in heaven and the Lord look over and say, you see that one right there? You had a chance to witness to them and you didn't. Now then you see what's happening to them, it's your fault. I, Bible talks about standing before the Lord ashamed. I don't want to. Will you stand with me this morning? Will you join hands with somebody next to you? We've had sermons over this past year talking about victory, stepping over the line, uh, nevertheless, <laughs> making a commitment, serving him, going out and reaching the lost, developing the saved, all kinds of stuff. You look back, go to the podcast, just look back over the messages from this perspective and see what has God been saying to us and why has he been saying it? Because he's coming soon. He's coming soon, and he, he's getting a people ready. Thank God he's getting us ready. Sometimes we not, might not like it. You go out there to get in shape to run a race, you might not like it. Coach out there saying, run another lap. Oh, coach, come on, I'm hurt. Run another lap. You're going to need that. You need that. When you get in the game, you're going to need that. We might not like that, but, you know, the, the Lord's trying to get us prepared and equipped. Amen? Father, today as we stand before you as your people, Forgive us for where we have gone our own way. Forgive us for where we've gone our own way. Heal our hearts of where we have divided them. Whether knowingly or unknowingly. Father, a patient, a heart patient laying on the table, they might not have known that they were prone to... Per certain type of heart disease but you know their lifestyle brought them there but it doesn't matter if they were aware of it or not they're still there Lord check our hearts today as David said search me O God know my ways see if there be any wicked way there's that word wickedness any rebellious way which means turning my own way doing my own thing when I should be doing your thing see if there be any self-centeredness any iniquity any of me in me cleanse me from all unrighteousness as David said cleanse me from that today Lord forgive me for where I've gone my own way where I've put my way above your way I put my comfort <laughs> above your task Lord and then give me the desire father release grace upon your people god given desire and power to do your will it's your favor and your favor that rests upon us release your grace to us father i pray release your grace to the members of this church father that it's your god given desire and your power to do your will father we need to do your will we need a desire first of all to do your will and we need the power the ability to do your will father release your grace today and Father, give us that tenacity. Holy Spirit, lead us. Make us witnesses. Encourage us, prompt us to be filled with the Spirit every day. Father, like our, our bodies crave certain things, that our spiritual man craves the infilling of the Holy Spirit that we would walk in the Spirit every day, live by the Spirit. 
Holy Spirit prompt us and direct us and lead us into the way that is right and, and to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're praying that, just put your hand up this, this morning to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Now, Father, right now, we're saying do it. Do it in me. Do it to me. Father, I, I want to receive it right now. Amen, amen. Father, just let your blessings rest upon your people today. We're blessed when we come in. We're blessed when we go. Father, just bless us and increase us uh, in, in all of your, your uh, riches and your gifts. Uh, Father, and also I pray for increase, Father, in the natural realm too. All those that have suffered loss, Father, restore back. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you again Wednesday night and then next Sunday. God bless you. Thank you for coming today.